listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Atomic Geeks podcast. I'm this week's host, episode 103, Mike Downs, and I'm coming to you from the famed laundry room at Casa Downs, and I'm feeling a little East Coast tonight, so I'm drinking an Alexander Keese India Pale Ale. Those who like it, like it a lot. (laughs) Hello, Downs. It's Andrew Bloom calling in from London. I'm having a Stella tonight because I'm trying to step it up. And uh, I'm in London, then I'm in my basement, and there you go. And there goes stepping it up. And that's it. Uh, hey, 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 it's uh, Michael Giovanni. I'm in Toronto, and tonight I'm drinking a Netherworld from Flying Monkeys Brewery. And this was a beer recommendation from listener Eric T. So, Eric, cheers, buddy. That is probably one of the most extravagant names I've ever heard yet of one of your fancy beers. Oh, hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian from the town of Oakville in my basement. And I have stolen beer from my father-in-law's fridge. And tonight, brewed by the original process using the choices hops, rice, and best barley malt, I'm drinking Budweiser, king <laughs> of beers. I knew it was Budweiser as soon as, as, soon as he said rice. I'm just glad it's got the best barley malt, because I ain't want no second-tier barley malt in my fucking beer, I tell you right now. <laughs> hey, D, that uh, that flying monkey, that's from Barrie, Ontario, is it not? That is correct, sir. Uh, that is where I used to live, and I that saw might, that that's up that, there. I, I want to go up and do the tour there. I haven't even tried their stuff yet. That might explain the skunky flavor. I live up that way. We could always go up that way. Again, more proof. <laughs> what, how does... Fuck you. Well, how does, You're what a explains... fucking asshole tonight, first of all. I'm just saying... No, but how do you, how can you establish that precedent since the viewers haven't heard our pre, pre-show ramble? Just because they, they haven't heard the fucking what happened before doesn't mean I can't say you're being a fucking asshole. All right. I'm, I'm the host. Christian's an asshole. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. You're going to say something about beer. I I've, I've completely forgotten after that, after that little tangent. So <laughs> call him an asshole one more time. Asshole. I'm sure Mike was trying to make a point of saying, how could I say the beer was skunky when I've never tasted it? No, I was going to say, what made it skunky? Oh, probably the water in that freaking town. You know, Barry. God. <laughs> Fans, it'll get better as the show goes on. I'll warn you. Barry's actually a beautiful city on a lake, so Christian, again, knows nothing. No. I liked it. I liked it. Aside from uh, constantly being chased by rednecks and uh, racists, it was really good. <laughs> Sorry, compare. Barry. No, I'm just kidding. Doesn't compare to the waterfalls of Oakville, let me tell you. Jeez, <laughs> oh, we're having a Southern Ontario throwdown now. <laughs> All right, fans, well, there's an awkward opening if I've ever heard one. Um, <laughs> one of our most awkward, I've got to say. <laughs> you, know, you know, new things in the new fucking hundred. Um, My uncle used to touch me. <laughs> How's that for awkward? <laughs> and inappropriate. I shave uh, my legs weekly. <laughs> I shove shampoo bottles up my ass. <laughs> it is off the rails already. Um, okay, so uh, before we get into tonight's topic, does anybody have any of the... Uh... Geek News. Geek News. Okay, who's got some? Hey, 
it's Christian from his basement in Oakville, uh, ladies and germs. And I've got a couple of pieces of geek news that maybe the Atomic Geeks might find interesting to yak about. Um, news item number one. Uh, apparently, according to our friends at Geek Tyrant, good site for geek news if you're interested, uh, Preacher, the movie, has now established a director. And that director is DJ Caruso. Um, I don't know a heck of a lot about him, but what I do know is he recently directed that movie, I Am Number 4, that hasn't come out yet. And he directed... Disturbia and Eagle Eye, and I saw Disturbia, and I don't know how it can relate to directing The Preacher, but fuck, cross on my fingers on this one that something decent is going to come out of it, but uh, I don't know. Oh my god, okay, I have to jump right in, being the huge fan, I didn't know, I knew nothing about this, about The Preacher, and I just have to say, um, Renee and I walked out of that I Am Number 4 movie fucking last night. Hmm. You paid oh, money for it, and you walked out? Uh, well, we had free passes, so oh. and, and, and everything was sold out, so we kind of went in knowing nothing. But it was, I mean, Renee at least thought it was pretty crap. Uh, it, it was not very good. I mean, it might have got better once the action started. We were there for an hour. It, I mean, I, we walked out, so. It, it got like 6% for a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, didn't it? Well, there you go. And so this guy's now been fucking handed Preacher. That's fucking amazing. Well, he he's basically uh, made two films like that Christian mentioned with Shia LaBeouf. I think that were moderately successful. And he was circling the uh, comic property. Why the last man for some time? He was saying, oh, you know, he wanted to get that made, blah, 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 blah. So I think he's got a hard on for doing a comics property. I have to say, not very excited. I'm going to agree with Downs here. My faith is uh, not very high in him pulling this off. But i got to be honest, we've talked about this on the show before. I, I don't know if I'd have faith in a lot of directors to turn Preacher into a film property. I don't think movies will do Preacher justice. I think it would do it be better serviced episodically like on HBO or AMC or something. Yeah, we've said that many, many times. I totally agree. First of all, they're basically going to have to encapsulate this movie, which I'm assuming the first major storyline with his aunt or his grandma and all that kind of stuff, and in the hopes that it may lead to future movies. But again, yeah, it, it, it screams HBO episodic to me. Totally. I totally agree. Well, um, I, I mean, they could do something, you know, just for the saying the killers, maybe, and the angels chasing them down. I don't know, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Fuck. I just don't think that the material, how great it is, that what Garth Ennis uh, and company worked on here. I, I, I just think fans better get ready to be extremely fucking disappointed. I mean, like, there is no way DJ Caruso or anybody else, I think, to be honest are going to do a good job with this. I just don't think it's going to meet the high standards we all have for Preacher. Oh, but you know what, though? You know what the scariest thing I just thought of for crying out loud? Mm. He's already directed two movies with Shia LaBeouf in it for yeah. crying out loud. What if he decides that he wants him for Preacher? Well, he, there, I'll be honest. Uh, apparently, he was thinking Shia would be Yorick in Why the Last Man. So, God, who knows? Well, he, he, he might be Cassidy? Fuck, who knows? I mean, I would... Because well, he, he well he couldn't be preacher so or tulip so that only really leaves Cassidy in terms of main. No, character. the only thing, the only character I can see him doing, obviously, and get ready for Our the space. funny. Thank you. <laughs> 
that's right. Shia LaBeouf can play our space in that movie for crying out loud. That's as far. I mean, <laughs> and for people who don't know our space, Downs, why don't you kind of explain what this character is like? Okay, so our space is a guy who uh, tried to commit suicide, a la Kurt Cobain, a very troubled teenager, and unfortunately didn't quite do the job. So his face is half blown in, and he talks in a mumble, kind of like moo, 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 all the time when he's talking. Um, he ultimately becomes a huge rock star, a la. Um, uh, Kurt Cobain, but that's a whole other story. Uh, so yeah, Shia LaBeouf could maybe pull that off. It's just that his, uh, ours face would have to do a lot. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. So he could pretty much just do that in a mumble. Sounds like the role he was born to play. If I was going to cast, just a quick casting talk, I always thought about this for the role of the preacher. I think the preacher should be played by, uh, what's his face? Oh, here I am pulling it down now. Uh, from that, um, oh movie? my god, from that movie? Yeah, I, from I that know movie. the guy you mean. <laughs> no, um, a, a guy and a girl—they're both cops, and they get addicted to drugs. And oh, Jason uh, Patrick? Yes. That's there what you go, motherfucker! I just made good call on that one. Yes, Jason Patrick. I think oh, he might be a bit too old, but at, at the time, it's I think he'd be great to play uh, play Pleacher. Yeah, you because that is actually good if you you know rewind a little bit. That's yeah. why I also say if you rewind a little bit. For some reason, I could see almost a Pulp Fiction Get Shorty era John Travolta playing uh, Jesse Custer. I don't know why. I think for some reason, I just I, he comes to mind when I think of that character. What's the guy I'm thinking of? Steve uh, Gutenberg. <laughs> no, uh, the guy who's in the movie where he goes blind and his wife's. Uh, do you know what I mean? No, Helen Keller. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Al Pacino. Ooh-ah. <laughs> I think the movie actually is called... I'm Black. in the dark over here. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get closure on this character, I think. Do you want he was in a movie about a blind guy and Downs has gone silent, so... Uh... <laughs> no, this is him here, I think. What's his name? An Affleck and Daredevil. Oh, you mean the one, the one where everyone loses their sight except for the redhead chick? Yeah. Yeah, is, that, is, is it Danny uh, Glover? Yeah. No, he's not. No, that's you're thinking Book of Eli with uh, Denzel Washington, but the guy who loses uh, Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, maybe. Oh, that's good. That's very good casting. It took us a long time to get to it. Well, he's but actually, the Hulk, right? Yeah, I think he, he he could do Jesse Custer though. Yeah, especially if he, you know he grows out his like little. Uh, beard or whatever, you know what I mean? He, he could play rough pretty well. I don't know. He might need a, a, a pretty tall set of cowboy boots for that role, I'm thinking, maybe. I don't know. Well, well, he's, what, what, you think he's a midget? No, I think he's a, he's, he's not exactly tall in stature. Well, I'm not, that can be addressed. I think, uh, that's, uh, to me, that's pretty damn good off the top of our heads. Thank you. You're quite welcome, <laughs> sir. Friendliest <laughs> 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 podcast ever. Well, yeah, that's very, it. Well, Very considering how we started off, um, that's we've certainly gotten up since then. Um, we got to mend some fences a little bit. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got another hour or so to talk about that's some other bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we can piss off and hang it up yet. Um, uh, do you have any more geek news, Christian? Why well, I do have one gigantic, juicy bit of geek news. Again, uh, through our friends at Geek Tyrant, and they don't know I'm their friend, but I'm a friend of theirs. Uh, uh, courtesy of Geek Tyrant through Latino Review, uh, apparently a role in the new, yet to come out yet, Superman movie has been determined. Apparently, Pa Kent, 
Superman's uh, foster father is going to be played by dun 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 Kevin Costner. Yeah. I I don't I don't hate that to mm. be to be perfectly honest. As long as he doesn't have to talk much. Yeah, as long as he doesn't have to try an accent. Like let's be <laughs> you know he doesn't have to be British, so I think we're good. You know, I Kevin Costner is a, a decent actor who really needs to reinvent himself and I guess he's at the age now where he can start playing paws and dads well, at you know least he's, yeah at least he's not Aquaman's dad then we have another like Waterworld too <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean if you think of like uh John Schneider the guy who played uh you know Pa Kent in the yeah. Smallville episode you know that uh, he was a very similar type guy I think you know what I mean who was this kind of you know young buff dude or young kind of sexy man or whatever you know what I mean and then Plays now played at least a pretty half decent father. I think that that could be pretty inspired casting. Actually, that could work yeah, but quite you, well. You don't want to make him too freaking super hippie kind of young old guy cool because no. Let's face facts. This is the fucking guy who raises one of the the greatest superheroes on the planet Earth for crying out loud. You know? I, I, yeah, but I mean you gotta understand how old we are. You think of when maybe someone like Clint Eastwood started doing a little bit more young uh, older actor uh, actor characters. You know what I mean? I think Kevin Costner is maybe at that age now where he can start doing that. Uh, he is. Yeah, he's seventy two. This year, <laughs> but, but be honest, like they're not going to go the route, obviously, of of Mon Pa Kent being the Silver Foxes. They're not. They're not doing that. The story, from what I understand of Snyder's film, is the early days of where, right when Clark kind of leaves Smallville to go to Metropolis. So they're going to be a little bit younger, and I really agree with Downs. Costner to this to uh, a younger generation, the target of this movie, he's an older guy. Like he, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's like a Robert Redford almost. To the yeah. Point, like, right? well, don't you, th he's gotta be in his pushing 60 at least. No, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had really a, a cross to bear against Kevin Costner. Cause there's a bunch of movies that I've seen. I like him in it. I know, just obviously the, the 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 casting of Kevin Costner indicates a specific direction that they're going, and it just makes me I get worried. You know what I mean? I just get worried when things are different with Superman. For crying out loud, you get I worried mean, when you uh, wake up in the morning. I get, yeah, I get worried about everything. But I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you if Kevin Costner says to freaking you know Clark in the middle of a cornfield, "Want to play catch?" Walk it out of the theater for crying out loud. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's at uh, fifty six. Uh, 60s, uh, 6 I think he's born in 55. It's 45 plus 10 years. No, yeah, 56, you're right. Listen to the Atomic Geeks. Do math. Thank you, names. Carry the four. <laughs> well, let, listen, to be honest, all of you listening to this show, 55's kind of old. <laughs> right? Like, listen, like we're <laughs> Christian's 40. Come on, man. That's right. Write this off yet. The youngest 40 you've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Once so again, I, I, back to the way it was at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, asshole. I'm going to break a ball and scratch your eyes out. <laughs> Punchy tonight, folks. Okay. So I think that's it for the Atomic Geek News segment. Um, time to move on to tonight's topic. It's time for a uh, another round of... I wish we had like a sound effect. Yeah, like yeah. Or, well, well, I like a. I, I want to hear like a revolver. Okay, peer, peer. No, a revolver, like the loading sound. Isn't it, at, <laughs> isn't it at this point we could ask the editor to insert gun sound now? 
Gunpoint Reviews. One of your favorite... we need a song and shit for this, too? a song for Gunpoint Reviews? You got your gun, we got the movie, we want to watch it now. Gunpoint Review. We make you watch it, didn't stop. Edit that out. Let's cut that out. Oh, my God. <laughs> this thing is off the rails, probably because I'm hosting. Um, so yes, it's another one of my favorite um, repeating theme episodes of the Atomic Geeks podcast. Gunboy reviews, <laughs> boom. Um, so uh, we are once again forced to watch uh, some sort of media. Mostly, I think it's TV this week, but there is uh, another kind of uh, online video thing. Mostly videos that we were forced to watch. So tonight, um, I'm going to start with, um, well, let's go right to uh, Christian Nielsen's fucking pick. Uh, go ahead, Christian. Why don't you tell us about what you uh, forced us to watch and your reasoning for doing so? Well, first of all, I don't like, I think I like the intonation in your voice of, of, of when you mention getting to my shit first, for crying out loud, which uh, makes me think that you you don't vouch for the quality of my pick, for crying just, out loud. We just don't vouch for your quality. I was going right. to say, we just kind of want to shut you up somewhat. <laughs> Get it over with is what he should have started with. <laughs> well, uh, for all of you uh, Yankee doodles out there, uh, you have easy access to this uh, very short Adult Swim live-action television show called uh, Eagle Heart. For all of my uh, brothers and sisters up in the Great White North, I encourage you to find this somehow. Uh, I think you might know the way. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, anyway, the, the title of the show is called uh, Eagle Heart. It is a live-action comedy starring one of my favorite acting and comedy people, uh, Chris Elliott. Uh, the show is produced by Conan O'Brien, another plus in my book. And essentially, it, it's a story of Chris Monsanto, uh, who is basically some kind of uh, federal agent, uh, he fights crime. Uh, he has uh, a, a, a distinction of basically going through partners on a regular basis. Uh, it's 11 minutes long. I enjoyed it and thought it was very, very humorous. Now, the only reason I picked this was basically it was, it, it's, it's a pretty easy selection to, to review. It's 11 minutes long, and it's, in my opinion, pretty fucking hilarious. But I've always liked Chris Elliott, and this show in particular really harkens me back to the days where I used to actually stay up on a school night and watch David Letterman, and where Chris Elliott would essentially have these little comedy bits where he played different characters every week. And that's what it reminded him of, made me a bit nostalgic for it, and just the overall craziness of the story itself made me laugh and enjoy it. Okay. And um, the other thing that now we will ask you to do is let's, um, since this is your pick and you forced all of us to watch it, pick someone you'd like to start with in terms of hearing their opinion of uh, Eagle Brand. What was it called again? Eagle Heart. And <laughs> Eagle based Heart. on that freaking mispronunciation of the series, I'm going to ask the host to give us his thoughts on Eagle Heart. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um I'm sorry, I didn't really get like this, I and mean, I got it. Um, and I, I totally, when I was watching this, I thought, I know why Christian likes this, and um, it's be, and it's because of Chris Elliott, and you know, I like that guy, he's funny, but I thought this was pretty fucking stupid. Um, and I was like, I'll watch this one episode, but I do not see myself watching this again at all. Um, there's a reason it probably didn't last. I, I didn't think it was funny at all. 
It didn't what last. Well, it just launched. Well, I, oh, I thought you said it, it was canceled or something. Oh, it won't last. <laughs> just kidding. Maybe you're predicting it won't last. <laughs> Maybe not, I guess. Sorry. But I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I, I, and I, you know, when I was watching this, I totally get, I mean, I know you pretty well, Christian, right? You know, we're all good buddies here. And I, I know that's your sense of humor, but I was just like, I don't think, I, I didn't like it. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I bet you the general public, I don't think would like it. I just don't think it, maybe I could be totally hugely wrong. Well, let me jump in here. Let me speak for the general public. I thought this was pretty fucking funny. I, uh, yeah, and I know Christian and I do share a very similar sense of humor. I really thought uh, this was pretty fucking good, and it made me curse again that I don't have access to the fucking Cartoon Network. Adult Swim, what they put on their cartoon and live action is pretty awesome. I'm surprised, Downs, that you didn't find anything funny in this. I thought even just the opening montage of him uh, with all of his failed, basically, sidekicks and having to avenge them and getting killed over and over again... I thought that was pretty fucking funny. I mean, obviously, the it's overtly obvious that this is a riff on Chuck Norris. You know that that's yeah, what he's yeah. playing here. He's it's Texas Walker, you know, MD or whatever the hell he called himself. But uh, I I think it's funny. I'm really kind of surprised that you just vehemently hated this. I mean, granted, I I would not be able to take a half an hour of this. It is perfect at 11 minutes. It's perfect for the web and perfect for like little piece of, you know, bit like, you know, one of your robot chickens. You can watch it for a short span of time and then move on to something else. Yeah, and I like that. Sorry, Andrew. Like, I like that, too, that they're getting into this 15-minute programming. Uh, I know they do that a lot on Comedy Central and – and Cartoon Network with, you know, you mentioned uh, Robot Chicken, and they're starting to show some of this stuff in Canada, too, where they're making cartoons and, and, and sketch comedy that's only lasting 15 minutes. You're right. This would have been way too drawn out if it was 30 minutes or 22 minutes when you strip out the commercials. This was the right amount of time for that premise and for this program. Um, I was pretty much going to say exactly that, DJ. Um I, I like, there's one thing I'll say that I like about this. I like the, the, the length of it because yes, it would be too much. I don't want to repeat everything you guys have said, but what I like about the length is that I feel it's going to open up to a lot more, uh, web stuff, a lot more short things because we all know attention spans are shrink. Hey, what's that? A dog? No, attention spans are shrinking and people aren't able to, to pay attention to things or don't really want to. I wouldn't want this to be a full-length one. I am a huge Chris Elliott fan, or at least I was. Um, this I found funny and very clever at points, but like you're saying, it just it didn't have enough. Uh, like there, there was wasn't any cohesion to the story that kind of made me want to continue to watch it. It was just kind of silliness for being silly, but very funny. It started out a lot better than it ended, um, and I, I I enjoyed the the all the characters dying and him keep trying like the exact same thing, the same jokes, everything like that. That was very I, funny, but my, it died my, for me pretty quick. My favorite part was basically the whole rehabilitation. I'm sorry. I, 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 the thought they were going to stop well, after a while, but they kept going on and on. And I, I don't the know, fact I that, that he was pointing a gun at his head the entire time he was rehabilitating them <laughs> was pretty funny. Or you see with his arm around him, he's got a knife to his neck while he's teaching <laughs> him to read. That's It's funny. It is very funny. I just felt... I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's made for web. It's sort of inexpensively made 
Well, it's not made of... for web though, Bloom. It's, well, it's actually aired on. Sorry, it's, no, on it's, on adult, it's on Adult Swim. It reminds me of like something that would be on web. No, you're yeah. right. I mean, I like Chris Elliott. I mean, he basically is one of these guys who, when he gets something, he get, you give him something to do, and he just take, takes it to the cusp of like way too much. Like, just get stop short of that. And, and you can see that in his other types of work, which I will also vouch for, which is uh, his movie Cabin Boy, uh, the only uh, movie ever to basically have an appearance by David Letterman as a character, mm-hmm. or his television show Get a Life. I mean, That's just a life. To the point where it's like, oh my god, it's too much, and he just—that's it. You know, I love Chris Elliott. No, and yep. see, and, and see, I mean, that, that's why. I, again, I, I'm not a huge fan of Chris Elliott. I've, I like him in other things. When it's his own shit, I never really got on that bandwagon, and I'm fucking sorry that I just don't. And when I'm watching this, I was like, I can see you guys laughing your heads off at this, and me sitting there like we did in college and going, I don't really, get, I don't, I don't think Chris Elliott's that fucking funny. <laughs> Some of his stuff was all right in the Get a Life show, but a lot of that stuff I didn't like as well. And uh, kind of like you know. And Anyways, no, I see to me, I'm not a massive uh, Chris Elliott fan. That's not the draw to this program for me. I, I look at this like I like the the satire spoofness of it. And there's not a lot of this sort of shit on television, to be honest. I, I, I mean, they're sending up those fucking 80s, 90s cop shows. And that, so I, I that's what I appreciated about it. I like the supporting cast and just the sort of over the top silliness of it. Yeah, but for me, that's again, that's the Chris Elliott style. I would much prefer more of a subtle style, you know, like in Naked Gun. You know what I mean? Where stuff is a little bit more in the background. That Chris Elliott is almost like that, you know, borderline even Tom Green's sense of humor sometimes. You know what I mean? Where he's that, almost he's almost winking at the camera as he's doing it. Well, it was just it's like so in your like it's so in your face like that to that point of the, what that gun thing. Like it's not even hidden. He's got the point is he's got the gun in his face over and over and over again. And I, I don't know. I just don't find some of that stuff so funny. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you have the exact same opinion, Mister Downs, as my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I knew your wife and I got along well. That's uh, so what you think. <laughs> See? Asshole, what'd I tell you? I win. Okay, so, um, well, let's, in terms of Christian's pick, let's go around the table and say, uh, you know, would you watch uh, the next episode, I guess? Uh, Michael DiGiovanni. I definitely would watch it again. Andrew Bloom. Uh, I'd watch it if it was on and I had the television there, but I wouldn't seek it out. Okay, and obviously I think we know what I say. I say I would not watch that. So I would watch the next one. Oh, really? Yeah, just make it just make it clear. Really? <laughs> just wanted to put it out there for you people. <laughs> That's right, just for the internet. Harriet, I'm watching it. So that sounds like a split decision on Christian's um, gunpoint review. It's to make the sound every time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I like making the sound. Um, should I go next or should someone else go? I don't want to go last, but let's go um, well, let's go over to Andrew's, I guess, and then we'll do me and then we'll do Mike DiGiovanni's last since Mike's will probably go on long. Um, <laughs> well, well, just because there was a lot to watch. And um, So let's go to you, Andrew, uh, next. So, Andrew, tell us about your gunpoint review and uh tell us why you picked it and then who you'd like to hear from first all right um i picked avatar the last airbender not the movie the piece of junk movie apparently but the uh the animated series uh that aired from 2005 to 2008 um this to me was something that i kind of always wanted to check out and i i am a fan of cartoons not everybody in the world is but i really wanted to check this out also because of the the kung fu 
and I had heard a lot of good things about it. I mean, this is an Emmy winning, uh, uh, cartoon series and it's a, an American made cartoon that was influenced heavily by, uh, anime and, uh, brought in, you know, kung fu and really cool things. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but after watching the first little bit of it, I got hooked. You can tell this is for kids and it does have sort of childish humor in it once in a while, but I also find it kind of clever and, and I enjoyed the characters in it, funny enough. Um, one of the things I wanted to point out before we got into it is that the one character, Katara, Katara is, uh, voiced by Mae Whitman, the, uh, the, uh, girl from, uh, Scott Pilgrim, the one ex who's a female, who's also kind of funny. Um, but is she, is she related to Slim Whitman? <laughs> yes. Which ex was she? You're funny. The only one that was a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, it totally makes sense. Never mind. Back to the podcast. Oh, but she was, no, but she was the one that played, uh, what's ninja, her head in ninja. Arrested Development? Yes. No. And. Yeah. No, she played, uh, what's his head? She was freaking Anne. girlfriend. Uh, uh, what the fuck is her name? And. On tonight's episode, the Holy character Christ. of Mike Downs not, will be played my, by Christian Nielsen. Is my microphone working? <laughs> May Whitman played Anne. Remember yes. Her face? I said it like 48 times. That's right. Um, on like a five second delay, I think. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over there. You know, it's, I, and it's, I really want Christian to catch up because I want to hear what Christian has to say about Avatar. Right now? No, wait five seconds. And okay, then... hold on. I'm wait five seconds. One, two, I hate you. Three, four, five. Um, I watched, uh, Avatar. I, uh, I was instructed by our friend, uh, Mr. Andrew Bloom to watch. Did you watch the, what'd you watch? Sorry, I didn't, we didn't spit out because everything else was one episode. Did you watch the first episode or two? Or you what? asked, you, you asked us to watch the first two. I watched the first three. Ha ha. How about that for extra credit, uh, for crying out loud? Uh, and I watched this, uh, just to, uh, give a, a good, uh, pump up to, uh, Netflix in Canada, oh, yeah. uh, which apparently has, I think has all the seasons available for crying nice. out loud. Uh, and I've always been a big fan of, uh, I don't watch as much as I used to, but I always, uh, liked the Japanese anime and the anime style. But beyond all that, uh, just the whole premise of this story, uh, is very, very cool and interesting. I like the characters. I mean, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're kids, you know, kids on this adventure, you know, and this how, uh, Aang, uh, the avatar has to basically travel around the world and learn these other kind of disciplines of kind of like, uh, fighting with air and fire and water, uh, is interesting to me. It's kind of a classic tale of like basically training to eventually meet the ultimate enemy. And plus he has a, a basically an evil foil as well, who's trying to get, get his shit together as well. I, I thought the whole thing was just kind of neat, and I, I I will look forward to watching future episodes of that. Oh, I should have said that, should I? Well, oh, but that's the other thing too is the fact that it is on Netflix. Was I saw it and was like, I will start watching this because I have Netflix, and that's one of the only great things that I can say so far about Netflix Canada. Well, I, I, that's a different conversation for a different day. But anyway, I'm glad it's on there, and it was I, I enjoyed watching the show. I, like I watched the first two episodes, like that Andrew instructed as well. I gotta say, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of anime. I just have always found it the tone and feel of all anime a little 
strange. It's, it, it's just not kind of been my thing. I can't get into it. I know it's love the world over. I may get, you know, knifed for saying that, but I just, <laughs> I really am not a big fan of it. So this to me, right out of the gates, I, I was already kind of going, yeah, I didn't like a lot of the storytelling. I knew I could tell it was American, but it was obviously trying to be an American anime program. I think the mythology to this is there's something really cool there. I think the fir- only watching the first two episodes maybe uh didn't sell it enough for me. I know online and when people are defending the Avatar the Last Airbender in light of that atrociously terrible apparently movie. I mean, that movie is universally hated and it was I, I i heard that it apparently got record amounts of razzie nominations which are like the anti-oscars i mean for writing directing cast ensemble you name it so i think a lot of people have come out and vocalized how much they love this fucking nickelodeon cartoon i mean so it is so beloved i i don't know maybe the first two episodes didn't represent what this show is in its entirety because as andrew mentioned it goes on. I mean, there's seasons, there are three, four seasons of it. I, I think there's some nuggets of cool ideas in here, but I, I just didn't kind of fall in love with it. I, I had troubles kind of, uh, keeping my attention with it. I thought it was okay. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting, you know, um, I definitely think an important part is to watch both, uh, episodes for sure. Um, we sat down, my boy and I, uh, my oldest boy, well, both my boys, but my oldest boy for sure, who's a big Thundercats fan, and I'm trying to get into new cartoons. And, um, you know, the first one, he, he really liked it. I was kind of mixed on. I definitely think the second episode and the, you know, the continued story was definitely important to watch. Um, but I definitely got into it. I'm not a huge fan of anime either, funny enough to go after what, what Mike's said um but i kind of got into with this um so i did like it um you know we definitely in the end uh you know my oldest boy was hooting and hollering at at the at the ending of this of this first two episodes so i definitely think it's as i said it's really important to watch if you if anyone's listening and they're going to do this for sure to watch the two um i would think you know if i walked three maybe like christian said would i be hooked you know i i haven't seen a lot of animation lately that hooks me as an adult so um you know i don't watch any, any of the things like you guys watch like any of the other any of that other shit so you know i don't know i don't know if it's something i would watch on a continued basis i haven't watched uh much for anime and i've, I've a little bit and i touch it here and there and i i don't i think I touch it that, here and there. that's what she said <laughs> let's just end it there no uh I, I i do i did start watching this and because it was on there i, I kind of watched the first one watched the second one i thought i'll give it a chance by the time i'm halfway through season one I was addicted to this show. I have to admit, I'm on season three right now, which is the last season. Whoa! And I'm watching this stupid thing on my iPhone when I when I'm getting into bed, just so I can continue to watch another is it, episode. Is it a finite series? Because that actually is more appealing it, to me if I know it actually it has is. an ending. It is. It's three. It's only three seasons. Oh wow! At the end of the third season, I do believe there is a uh, two-hour movie. See, now that gives me. Uh, a little bit more incentive to want to watch it. I just, like I said, the maybe the first two episodes didn't kind of properly demonstrate what the the series could be. I mean, I think it has a cool little premise, but I just, uh, I could see how kids would love it. I, so I, yeah. with Downs watching that with his son, uh, you know, I completely get that. This is right up little kids' alley. There's not a lot of uh, cartoons that I watch that are 
kid targeted, like the you know th- aforementioned Thundercats and and whatnot. Everything I watch is like Venture Brothers, Family Guy, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which is clearly made for adults. But yeah, I mean I, that makes me knowing that it's one sort of cohesive storyline that spans over three seasons makes me a little more curious. But uh, yeah, it, it has a goal and it and it works towards that the whole time. The one thing, like as everyone knows, I like kung fu, and some of the fight scenes later in the series get really quite good. Like the the well, I don't want to say camera work, but for better lack of a better term, the camera work in it and the and the and the fighting and everything like that get pretty advanced and pretty cool. And I, I like the concept of the fact the the fact that these people control elements with their mind and slash kung fu moves. Um, that just really, I think, as a, as a kid and obviously as a, an an adult, I think is a really really neat concept. And and it and it got me. And I I've heard that they had some kung fu sort of experts help them with some of the animation and forms and things like that that they work on later on. It's pretty decent. The perspective I take when I'm watching this is that it's almost like he is essentially a young superhero that's going around the world kind of learning new superpowers. That's what kind of I relate to, which makes it more appealing to me. Yeah, and that's, that's the goal of the whole thing is that he has to learn all four disciplines. The, the the concept of it, like the different nations, the Fire Nation, the air, all that. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I mean, if we maybe didn't set that up, I mean that this boy is sort of the avatar is the chosen one who basically has the powers of all of these different nations of uh, where people control the earth, the water, fire, the elements, etc. That concept is fucking pretty cool, and it should have made a really good goddamn live action movie when you think about it. Yeah. You know, in yeah. this day and age, with special effects and whatnot, that should have been kick-ass. I yeah, just, like that could, if, if it was done right, that could have been like the new Harry Potter if it was done nicely or like properly. Yeah. I do not have any interest in seeing that. No, but I mean, I think you're totally right. Like, you know, the the fact of the simplicity of the story. You know, it's really not some like when I was watching, it, I'm like, this isn't some stupid kids things that I have to watch because my boys want to watch it. That doesn't make any sense. This is pretty basic, you know, and it and it's it feels like it's real mythology and it's done pretty well in that regard. Yeah, the, the, the internet story about this is that uh, Harry Knowles, well, who you all know, who runs the the website Ain't It Cool News, saw the movie first, and then basically based on the talkback from his website, said, "What are you doing watching this fucking movie? You should actually watch what it's based on." Mm-hmm. And then essentially watched the cartoon, and then basically railed back against the movie how it was the biggest piece of shit he's ever seen in his entire life. You know, based on the fact that he that this movie was actually inspired from the cartoon, he couldn't believe what came out of it. Yeah. It's interesting because I I listened to a, a podcast called "How Did This Get Made?" and they did the movie uh, "The Last Airbender" recently, and they and they mentioned uh, during this show that on YouTube someone has actually mashed up scene for scene where uh, there are the cartoon. And then the live action film where they are doing, in essence, the same scene. And the dialogue in the cartoon is better. It's more coherent. It's smarter. It's like it's almost the reverse, if you will. Like you would think yeah. that, oh, we're going to make a movie of a, of a based on a cartoon. The movie's going to be awesome. Cartoon source material is a little, huh? But this way is the, the, the cartoon is actually smarter than this film, apparently. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, there are some episodes that are light and and 
a bit more anime than other ones, like kind of, I don't know, have that giggle. Children world. just going, yes, yes, yeah. running through yeah. waterfalls. Yeah. And then, you like, can tell there's gonna be, you can tell though there's gonna be an overall lightness to all episodes, but that's just the nature well, of the freaking one, show. One thing too, Uncle Iroh, which I don't know if you guys always have to have an uncle in these things. I recognize his voice. I had to Mako. look up the credits. The guy's, yeah. name is, the guy's name is Mako, and I'm trying Mako. to. Mako. Mako. Is that right? That's and the name of the actor or the character? He's the, the, the wizard act- from Conan the Barbarian movie. Shut your mouth. Yeah. That guy's still alive. Going no, he's not. Magic. He's not, but he's no, but he did the voice for this. Yeah, and, and th- that character from Beyond the Grave is awesome in this. And I, you don't get to see too much, but he's in through up till even now. He's in season three still, and his character is fantastic. I I just love for whatever reason love the patient old wise uncle who yes. is around with Prince Zuko who who yes. is kind of a brat. Okay, so uh around the table, obviously I guess Andrew, you're you've watched more than one episode of this. So uh Michael DiGiovanni, how about you? Based off of watching the two episodes, I would say no, but now listening to Andrew say that it's a cohesive narrative that lasts over three seasons makes me a little bit more curious to keep watching. Okay, Christian Nielsen? Yeah, I'll definitely be watching more. For sure. Okay, and you know, I uh, I probably will. Uh, Netflix for sure. If I had Netflix set up, and I might get it again. Um, I think that's something I would sh- for sure watch with my boys. I may just have to uh, get it some other way, but um, I'll probably since the boy liked it so much. I think it's definitely probably in in uh, in our household. So that's uh, almost sounds like a, almost a full house for Andrew. All right. At least a solid three point five. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'll take that. I think everything. Any other time I've done this, I get negative six. Andrew, you were probably just bracing for. Oh wait, here comes the hatred. Yeah. Oh yeah. I threw that out there. I'm like, is this another episode of guilty pleasures? Because I'm in trouble. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to mine. Um, I chose, uh, you know, the much maligned atomic pick Smallville. For the boys to watch here, um, a, a little bit different though. I didn't choose the um, season premiere. One of the things about the show is that because it's ten seasons long, I think that some of the things that the boys would like here for sure are later on in the in the show. At least to get you maybe into it, to watching it maybe. Um, it's definitely not like this in the beginning, and that may have been a detriment to the fact that I may have just dropped you guys in the middle of uh, you know episode uh, season six, episode eleven. But you know, I, I kind of took that risk. Hopefully, the you know the the, the reviews won't uh, necessarily reflect that. But uh, so the fans of the show, um, the episode was called Justice, and it's basically where um, you know Clark and Oliver Queen and Aquaman are kind of pulled together and you first really have um, the first semblance of the Justice League in Smallville World. Ultimately ends up to be quite a bit different with a different roster, but at least, you know, kind of some superhero shit on TV. So um, I guess I'll go to... I'll go to uh, Michael DiGiovanni. What did you think of Smallville episode Justice? Well, you know, I want to thank you for recommending an episode later in this series because i had watched uh i almost the full season of season one of smallville but then just stupidly fell out of it uh so yeah would were we not up to date in all of the fucking you know love fest i mean lois lane is you know dating fucking green arrow and apparently lana is 
gonna marry Lex. I mean, this stuff I was a little <laughs> bit confused about. One thing I did learn about when, you know, Smallville circa season six is Lois Lane is a fucking horn dog. Holy Jesus, man. She wants to get fucking plowed by Green Arrow. There was like a 10 minute scene about that. We could but, probably uh, make jokes about his Green Arrow right now, but we'll refrain. <laughs> but, you know, all in all, I knew before I even watched this that Smallville takes a lot of liberties and creative license with the Superman and DC universe. But that said, I thought this was pretty goddamn cool. I, you know, for what it is, it's TV quality. I mean, it's four or five years old, so maybe the special effects are a little schlocky. Uh, and you know, no one, they won't let anyone really be in costume with the exception of Green Arrow, who I quite liked. And I loved the idea that Green Arrow actually modulated his voice to sound different to people, which I thought was very smart that they did that. <laughs> Uh, Green Arrow's fucking. Oh, sorry, I, I mean he's he stays in this show for like up till now, season ten. You know that I think they do a very good job of bringing that character. Yeah, he was he was pretty cool. Uh, you know, all in all, I mean it is what it is. It's like your WBCW version of of superheroes. So you're gonna get that sort of teen slant, hot young actor slant to it. But just to have a show that featured Impulse, Cyborg fucking Aquaman and Green Arrow, that's pretty goddamn cool. I mean, and there was some cool stuff, despite the fact that we had to get a requisite scene of the guys walking in slow motion away from a fucking explosion. <laughs> I thought of that when I, when I recommended it. Okay, uh, so Christian, what about you, buddy? <sighs> you know, I can appreciate uh, an Elseworlds tale just as much as anybody else. You know, and it actually bothered me that I hadn't kept up with the series Smallville, you know, because it's a goddamn ten seasons now, for crying out loud. So in a weird kind of way, I'm thanking you for actually introducing me at this point now in the series. And, you know, I don't like it. I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't fucking like it. You know what I mean? I don't – ten seasons now, and from what I understand – he, he barely even fucking flies in this show. He just fucking runs everywhere. And they're teasing now that there's a possibility that he may put on the costume or some leather jacket with the symbol on yeah. it. And then Lois Lane is fucking around with other fucking heroes and shit like that. And there's this other girl, Chloe, and things like that. You know, a friggin' I, I like the fact I like this episode where they kind of put together this own their own kind of Justice League. You know. Pretty neat. I like that idea. I mean, forget Aquaman. Can you get another shirt other than orange? But I mean, <laughs> but that uh, was neat, though. That like, uh, like I know it was neat. It was kind of neat. But you know what, though, this whole like like Dijo said how he likes his whole CW kind of teen slant. No, I said I don't like it. I said I'm accepting yeah, that that's what it is. I know, but you're a basically a, you know a, a, a card holder for the Dawson's Creek fan club <laughs> for crying out loud. You know what I mean? I personally, right. it just it just it, it just goes to an area where it's like all this freaking like. You know, I wish you would spend time with me, uh, Green Arrow, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, blah, hold on a second. Shit. Did you watch this with your wife at all? No, I watched it by myself. Yeah, I'll bet you. If you watched it with your wife, I'll bet you you'd be watching it on a weekly fucking basis now. 
No, yeah, well, then then basically I'd be, I'd be watching it with my arm freaking held up behind my back. Whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, I understand. I think there's a, there's a certain audience that they're going for. It's just a bit too outside of the freaking box for me to enjoy. I mean, fuck, let him fly, for Christ's sakes, you know? He's getting fuck there. He's, he's done well, getting there. Ten seasons, he's getting there. Fuck that. Yeah, if I knew after ten seasons I have to wait that long for seeing them jump off a building and go through a fucking cloud, forget it. I would be fucking well, he, pissed. He does everything else. He bursts through walls. He defeats fucking huge villains. He just doesn't, hasn't particularly flown yet. It's, it's, it's part of his of him coming of age. That's the story they're telling here. He's not fucking, Superman yet. To fucking, it's too fucking too too. He's fucking not slow Superman to... yet. He's a kid. I, I, I think you're completely wrong with that fucking uh, line. You know, you know what? No. Though, to side a little bit with Christian with that, I, like I, well, I will say I was a huge Smallville fan. I watched the first four or five episodes uh, or seasons. Sorry. Uh, of Smallville loved it. It's funny to go back to this and see that it really didn't change at all. Uh, granted, this is what season six, this episode. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of it kind of picked up where I left off a little bit, or maybe a little bit forward in it. Um, it that is a long time to wait for a payoff. It's like moonlighting when they never kiss. But I mean, once Superman flies, that you don't know where that's going to go. It, uh, I. It, being a huge fan and used to be a, a really big fan, I'm kind of, I don't think I would continue to watch this after seeing that. And I, no offense to you, Downs, I get it. I think if I stayed with it, I'd be fine with it. But going back and looking at it and seeing that it's, it's the same, but different enough to kind of feel excluded. Uh, I don't know. I was a little disappointed. Like, it, it just was kind of like, eh, it was a little bit too cheddar, a little bit too cheeseball, like with the walking away from the explosion and everything. But I did appreciate the, Seeing, you know, Aquaman with his gear and, and Green, Green Arrow is cool. I agree with DJ. I like the fact that he changed his voice. Um, the Flash, uh, Bart drove me nuts. I didn't like that kid. I didn't like, I didn't like him as an actor either, but no. I have to say I really liked the trap that Luthor put him in and then he yeah. had to constantly was, run. Yeah, that but, was a great trap. But I, think about this. I won't deny that. All he had to, if he stood still for a for, if he stood still, then he would have been zapped. Why couldn't he just, like, keep walking? Why do you have to run? Because if he had just stayed for a millisecond, uh, you know, then if he you're constantly moving. But, yeah, I, I get it. Like, he had to Look, run. I know, I know my cool. personal problem with the reason I don't like this show is because of my crutch of the original freaking uh, source material. You don't get me wrong. Cash. I know that. You want to watch it, a, a show that is the comic book brought to life. Yeah, but you know what, though? Like, don't get me wrong. I mean... Uh, any of you guys know, I'm a big fan of stories that don't exactly play, take place in the actual real universe. This version, this else, let's call it an Elseworlds. This Elseworlds version of the Superman story does not appeal to me. It's, it's just a bit too kind of like friggin' that friggin' 90210, One Tree Hill, all that fucking teen fucking bullshit. And it, I mean, you know, but the thing is, you have to go into uh, with it of the mindset that this is not our Superman. I mean, if you, if you're going to have a major fucking problem with it, if you're expecting it to be the Superman from the comics, from the yeah. movies, from yeah. the cartoons, I, I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. I want him to be in costume. I don't want fucking Aquaman to be like some dude from a Calvin Klein ad. Like I, I'm with you on that, but I appreciate at the base of it. That oh. they're presenting this stuff. This is on fucking weekly television, and there's yeah. something fun that it is. If you think about it as the Elseworlds yeah. idea, that's 
I, I can live with that. That's better than fucking watching goddamn Vampire Diaries or something to me. And I, I, and I, and I totally agree. I, and I went in there knowing that this is what I could possibly expect. And just based on that episode alone, I just realized it's it was just a bit too much for me to personally enjoy. I mean, and then, uh, well, I mean, the thing is, it's been going for ten fucking seasons too. So I think that's something else to be said for the fucking show. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, a TV show that weekly represents superheroes. That that's fucking pretty goddamn good. You know, that's been a lot longer than all the bandwagon jumpers now that like superhero shit. So, uh, and I also, I'd put this up against the fucking latest movie and Lois and Clark TV shows. So, in terms of Superman fucking content that in the history of television, this is pretty up there in terms of uh, what was done. You know, it's obviously not the Richard Donner films, but, you know. Yeah, and it's been on for a long time. And, and with that, I'm kind of interested to know what their demographic is. I mean, are they targeting boys or girls or sort of both like i don't think it's one of those completely one tree hill type of thing i don't know whether or not it would hold that audience but because it kind of straddles both sides a little bit maybe that's what gives it its lasting power yeah and i think andrew as the show has evolved uh when it started it was very dawson's creek uh, you know in smallville it was clark's creek i mean let's be honest to the point where i would watch it only because I was hoping some action would happen. Yes. And it was that weekly serial type of thing where it's a bad guy. Look out. Fix it. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, they did all the kryptonite of the week, you know, uh, yeah, infected yeah, yeah. some person. They but still I think, did. Yeah. No, but, they, the show, but, but they've, they've, I, well, I think they've actually done a pretty good job of accepting that these meteor rocks are in the world now. It's, mean, not, it's not, not, not every other week there's not like a kid who comes out and is like, I'm a meteor freak. I mean, they right. kind of that's, what, that's that. what we don't get from watching one episode. And that's yeah. why, and, well, that's where you, it's very hard for these things to say whether or not this is an awesome, wicked show. The episode itself was decent. Uh, I, you know, but like you're saying, Downs, you watch it religiously, you've got some emotional tie-ins to it. And I could see how that would happen because I used to have that and I somehow, some reason fell out of it. Dude, Joe, are you trying to say something? Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going back to what with Andrew was saying, which I didn't kind of get to finish, was that the show has evolved, right? Like it's, it's become, I think they're playing more or trying to play more to comic geeks now. I mean, they've got the Justice League in it. There's been episodes with the Legion of the Superheroes, the Justice Society, Booster Gold, Jeff Johns, famed comic writer is writing episodes. It has changed. From its from its really hardcore CW roots, but yeah, there's still going to be that element to it. I mean, there's still going to be that fucking bullshit drama being played with a fucking uh, third eye blind song playing softly in the background. Like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, let's not forget Buffy was in that same situation in the beginning. You know what I mean? They just did a, maybe a better job of. Yeah. They had a little bit more hipper music and stuff, but it was the same <laughs> similar stuff. But again, this comes back to my problem with basically the thing about Buffy, though, at least that was an original universe that existed on television. I am still, and again, I'm just referencing, and I still can't get, break you that You can't get past the fact that it's I Superman. For what I know, in all of his incarnations in movies, fucking Elseworlds, comic book stories and shit, this freaking version just doesn't freaking sing to me. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I was asking, so to your point of who the demographic traffic is, I think they're definitely going after women. I mean, some of these later seasons, fucking Green Lantern 
guy never wears a shirt. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, there's, and Clark hardly ever wears a shirt anymore either. Like, you know, it's like abs everywhere. And Sounds, can you, I have to ask, cause you've what? watched, you're up to date on this thing. Yes, Does yeah, Clark yeah. get a fucking haircut? He has terrible goddamn <laughs> hair. No, what no. was with that Superman helmet hair? Like, I'm just like, know. the whole time that wispy fucking, it just Art awful, power. awful hair. No, but um, so when I asked the wife, I was going to ask her a show to show you guys, and she's like, "Oh, you got to show them General Zod." And I was like, "No, I cannot show them General Zod because he is a young dude to the point of what you know what you don't like about it." Partly Christian is that like this is a guy. It's actually the guy from Dead Like Me, the guy who played Mason. I don't know if you know him. He's got a Scottish kind of accent or British accent. Um, if you ever watched the show Dead Like Me, um, and he's good. He's great as Zod, but he's like a uh, 26 year old guy and you know i and, and even when they when he makes clark neal you know when the, when the first time he comes and he actually takes over lex's body uh and stuff the first time uh but you know you just don't i i kind of had trouble believing this is supposed to be general zod you know what i mean this great commander and all this stuff who's this young like, guy right like i watch this episode and i and i was just ready to kind of piss all over it you know what i mean but i mean I, I, I got to take in consideration, this has lasted for 10 seasons. I mean, not necessarily because last 10 seasons doesn't mean it's really good, but I mean, there's got to be something to it. You know? and, and, and the other thing I wanted to say was that the JLA now, with uh, Green Arrow, Hawkman, uh, John Johns, you know, and the Watchtower, it's pretty freaking amazing now, let me tell you. Well, you know what? I think the most important takeaway from this is you, in order to even attempt to watch this show, you have to as much as you can separate the fact that this is not our Superman. You know, if you can't get past it like Christian, you're going to fucking hate it. Like that. I mean, I'm the idea is, I mean, do I love all the incarnations that they showed? I didn't like impulse so much, but you, it makes me curious to want to see what they're a, a Hawkman version and a fucking, uh, to your point, a Martian Manhunter. I kind of feel I want to see that. Hawkman, they did really well. Uh, Martian Manhunter, I didn't, I don't love so much, but I mean, like, to your point, I, I, the fact that if they are ever going to pull the trigger with fucking Bruce Wayne in this show would be amazing. But I mean, there's only, uh, the, another, another great thing about the show is they do like 23 episodes a season. It's not one of these 13 episodes. So there's a lot of fucking content to go through. Um, you know, and we're, and, we, and there's still like 10 to go before the final of this 10th and final season. But, uh, I mean, it's definitely getting pretty fucking good, let me tell you. See, that's a show I could probably get behind. Well, maybe I couldn't, for crying out loud. Like, the basically, you know, the Bruce Wayne story of him basically going around the world and training and all that kind of shit. But, I mean, again, if they put this freaking kissy, kissy, blah, 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 I don't think I can. Well, because, I mean, you know, because the, the, the other thing about this is that there was also, you know, the guy who plays, funny enough, I, I'm, I'm sure we talked about this on the podcast, I think. The guy who plays um, Green Arrow was in a the pilot for an Aquaman TV show. Uh, that, that made the rounds, and you can see on YouTube. And, uh, you know, so obviously there was some interest in spinning some of this stuff off, and he's done a great job. Justin Hartley, I believe his name is, as Green Arrow. But it's interesting if you, I don't know, have you guys seen that at all? I've heard of oh. it. I haven't watched it, no. Yeah, yeah. He, he does pretty good, actually, as Aquaman. But, um, so, yeah. Okay, so I guess let's go around the room. Andrew, I guess, are you going to watch this thing again and get back into watching Smallville? Uh, it hurts me to say it, but I don't think so. You're a fucking asshole. Christian Nielsen. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I would be interested in seeing the episodes that star, like, you know, the JSA or the, you know, uh, the Legion of the Superheroes or the, like, what does John, John's character looks like. But you know what? I'm glad that you made me watch this show because it made me realize that, you know what, this is not something I will want to invest watching the entire series of. I would just basically cherry pick certain episodes where they essentially interpret the other superheroes in those episodes. Does that make sense? Anyway. Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. And the beauty of, of something like this is that it's done now. You don't necessarily have to – it's almost done. And by the time you would do it, 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 it would be. You probably – can, you don't care how it ends because you're not invested. Actually, no, I actually care. I want to see the ending. I want to see how they end it. Do they put him in the tights or do they do some other fucking bullshit where they just put him like a, in a sash and knee-high boots? I don't know what the well, fuck. Well, I mean, his, his but, mom, mother gave him his, the tights a season or so ago, so they're out there. He just hasn't yeah. put on yet. Well, I'm really curious to see. I'm actually very curious to see how it ends. So they finally, because again, the payoff for me is way too long in the making. I'm not going to wait. I, w- I wouldn't want to watch 10 seasons of a show just waiting for him to fucking fly. Him running around <laughs> is not enough for me. He run- yeah, he hasn't come out of the space pod yet. He, he runs pretty fucking fast. Um, uh, and let me mention too, Zatanna's on there and they do a great job with Zatanna. Mike DiGiovanni, um, would, will you watch more of Smallville? I would. I, and it, to me, it sounds like Christian, answered yes that he would watch more i don't think the question is that we have to watch yeah. every episode but no i would watch yeah i would watch those select episodes with the key superheroes that are in it yes. that not normally in the we heard line. we've yes we heard you say that before sure. uh but uh i yeah the answer for me is yes i would i to go back and do one of my new year's resolutions to watch 10 seasons is kind of fucking daunting but uh Maybe cherry picking, definitely. I would, but I mean, I would, I'm more curious now to kind of either YouTube or buy and get just sort of some select episodes. And I, I, as to Christian's point, I think they logically have to show them in costume at the end. I'd be very curious to see how this show wrapped up. Yeah, it's, it's definitely true. I mean, it's a good time to be into, uh, Smallville. It's going to be an, an interesting, uh, finish. That's for sure. With hopefully with uh, Lex returning, which, which would be really great. Um, okay, so you know, left probably. I don't know about the best for last, but you know, definitely one of the longest. Um, this uh, this thing had quite a few parts to it, uh, especially. I think I watched three series of them or whatever. So uh, over to you, Mike DiGiovanni. Let's hear about uh, your shotgun review and who you'd like to hear from uh, first. Well, mine, I was the one that went a little outside the box. I tend to do that at times, uh, is that I didn't pick a TV show. This is more of a, a web review. Uh, and I've mentioned this a couple times on the show. That's largely why I wanted the fellas to watch this. This is something called Red Letter Media, and they are Mr. Plinkett's reviews. And he's done a review, uh, these in-depth, very long uh, web reviews of certain movies, most notably the new Star Wars prequels. And the most recent one was part three, which is the Revenge of the Sith. And I thought it was appropriate that we watch this because by watching the third and final film really encapsulates why Mr. Plinkett hates all of the, of the new prequels and what is wrong with them, but also by focusing specifically on the third and final film. These are long, as Downs had mentioned. It, the, 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 the entire review clocks in at close to, I think, an hour and 15 or 20 minutes. So you've got to invest your time, but they are super well made. It's very funny. Uh, and let me tell you, 
pinpoint accurate uh, in his observations of the flaws of these films. So uh, it was for that reason alone, knowing how much Star Wars means to this podcast and to us, uh, you know, I thought it was time that you guys watch one of Mr. Plinkett's reviews of these films that I've quoted before. And the person I would like to hear from about this first would be Andrew Bloom. Oh, okay then, sir. Uh, you know what I gotta say, D? I am going to thank you for making me watch these because you have brought them up before and I didn't watch them. I kind of would, uh, and I kept on thinking about getting to it. Thank you for putting the gun to my head for this episode and making me watch it because holy shit, this is funny. And, um, I was watching them and thinking, like laughing. Obviously, Plinkett's voice is very funny and, a lot of the edits and cuts are very smart and funny and everything like that. But you know what? It's makes sense. He really does cut these things apart with intelligence. He doesn't just do it thinking, this is dumb. I don't like it. Jar Jar Binks is stupid because he's a fag. Like if that's not his, the way he does it, it is done in a very humorous way, a very funny voice and, and so, even some crude stuff. But you watch this and think, fuck, he's right. He's totally right. And, you know, I like these movies. I don't know why I like these movies. And, but there was always part of it that just kept them from being awesome. And when you watch this, you go, fuck, he's totally right. The, 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 the camera work that Lucas does, the laziness that's put into these movies. Now, some of it, I, it has opened my eyes a little bit. Like, you know, they're not as good as anywhere near the first ones, but. The way that this is pointed out, it kind of, like I'm saying, opens your eyes a little bit to it, and it's done very well. I would like to watch the other ones. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if I thank you necessarily, uh, Mike, for uh, putting a gun to my head to watch this, because, in fact, like I think this makes me like those movies less. Like, I think, to this guy's point, you know, um, we like them all because we wanted to, you know what I mean? And and it's it's almost... Too laser accurate. I mean, there are, I watched, uh, you know, a, a bunch of them. Um, I guess I didn't read the entire email that said we just had to watch the end one. I started a Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, so I started the Phantom Menace and the, the ones where he's watching, where he's, he dissects the actual, the backstage and how the people are like afraid of Lucas. I'm like, he is totally correct. His insights, I think you said this, Andrew, are so spot on. I mean, this, I think that whoever this person is has way too much time in their hands to just dissect these movies this way. Uh, you know, so much thought has gone into these things. Like that, that, I don't think that we could get across to probably our listener is that the intelligence, I don't know, but the intelligence behind it, but the reasoning behind why he's saying the things that he's saying, to Andrew's point again, makes total sense. It's really difficult to argue with this guy's, you know, dissection of these, of these films, of the logic. You, yeah, yeah. you can't, you literally cannot watch Revenge of the Sith the same way after, after watching that review. It is, I mean, it is impossible. And it, the, and it is intelligence. He's coming at it from the craft of filmmaking. He goes so far as comparing it to other films where at yeah, some yeah. point he compares it loftily to Citizen Kane, but uh, it's very true. He talks about film language. He talks about character development, story. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he comes up in this uh, in this review where he asks the simple question, what was it even necessary 
to know the story of Darth Vader? Did we need to stretch? Did that, was that worthy of three films? And yeah, as yeah. he starts mm-hmm. explaining it, you're like, maybe he's right. <laughs> like, yeah, where all this time you thought I need to know about Anakin and Darth Vader and this whole shit's about, uh, Darth Vader. And then afterwards you're like, you know what? You're right. It could have just been a character in this huge movie and it might have been a little bit better. It almost makes you feel bad for liking these movies or if you go back to watch these movies you're not going to be able to enjoy them that's what i mean stupidity yeah like it's like if you if you if you actually enjoy like let me tell my story here i remember seeing uh revenge of the sith with my wife in uh in a theater uh outside of the wonderful town of oakville and i remember walking out of that theater thinking hey that wasn't so bad that was pretty good hey what do you think you know selling star wars to my hey pretty good hey honey and after watching this review, it basically freaking like a lightning bolt to the head. Say to myself, was I actually awake when I was watching this movie? Because he basically dissects the living shit out of this movie. And if you even have a small like for this movie, after watching this review, you will not like that movie yeah. anymore. You are not. There is no way you can say that was a good movie after watching this review. It is impossible. Yeah, and the, you know, the scrutiny that he puts this film under is a bit much. He, I mean, if you literally other films, if you analyze them to this degree, we could find fault in anything. Right. But when you, but some of it is obvious. Like some of his stuff that he points out makes a lot of sense. Like the, when he's talking about the war and then you look at Coruscant and they're like, is there a war going on? <laughs> like yeah. people are, there, there's just ships flying around. There's no battle damage. People are just strolling around. It's obvious points of like not thought out storytelling. That is so obvious throughout that film. Yeah. But you know, what's so very interesting though, too, was that, he apparently, like well, from what I can understand, he likes the original trilogy. I think he thinks George Lucas's biggest failing is his reliance on the new technologies yes. Yes. that made him so lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm sure DJ, having wa- watched, I guess, more of them as well. I mean, that's definitely a recurring theme. Uh, you know, the idea of there's really no stories, there's no um, main character in most of these movies you know it's a it's a mishmash of characters and technology thrown up on the screen and he's totally fucking right to what you guys are saying it's like it, it, for me having you know you you don't ex- no one really likes the phantom menace so when i watched that one it was kind of like well you of course that one was bad but then watching the attack of the clones i was kind of like you know i thought that one wasn't that great but i'm like he's right you know and like and then this one you're like that one too, I thought wasn't that fucking bad. But you're like, they're, they're, these are fucking shitty fucking movies. And I, I don't think, and to, and to, the, to the point of, of, you know, do, do they, do they anal, do they overanalyze? Absolutely. You know, is, does everyone think this much about every movie? No. But to your point, there's just some things you can't ignore once they're pointed out to you. Well, it's just some of the things that's very funny. And Andrew, you uh, alluded to this is the, laziness and it was all it was comical about the pointing out but just so my god i never noticed that i almost wanted to watch go back and rewatch it is any dialogue scene anytime something exposition or needed to be explained it it happened in people walking down a hallway or sitting on a couch that was killer sitting on a couch one of the greatest you know science fiction tales of all time and a lot of the conversations like Sitting on the freaking ottoman or whatever. It's like <laughs> Lucas away. had no idea other than camera one, camera two, point A, point B, 
and just film them sitting and talking on a couch. And when you when you think about it and he cuts together the scenes, you're like, holy <laughs> shit, how many scenes like this happen? Or they're walking down a corridor or walking down a hallway. And it's sometimes the person will stand up and walk away and then turn around. And it's like it is basic, simplistic uh, storytelling anytime he needed to deal with characters. He was more interested in exploiting special effects. It just shows it shows laziness on, on Lucas's part, and it just makes he does a very good job of making look, Lucas look very stupid. Now, whether or not that's just clever editing or, or how it really is, it makes you walk away and go, the one thing that can't be denied is it was very lazy film work. The camera work was terribly boring and and the thing that i liked about it and you made a point before is that you he puts up a very hard argument because he backs it with visual evidence yes the original films were shot and 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 like you're saying in exposition shots they they're explaining things but they're still smart camera angles and they're still providing something and information that is visual not just what they say where these movies the new movies that is Literally, there's nothing else going on except for what they're saying. Lucas, you don't need to beat us about the head or think that we're so stupid that we need no action so we can listen to what they're saying. Because, frankly, what they are saying is fucking stupid and boring. And I never yeah, realized I how boring these movies are until you see this. And I'm like, like Down said, part of me is a little upset that I've watched them because now I'm like, fuck, I hate those movies. I think the biggest thing he pointed out, though, is that Lucas has basically fucking changed. He's out of touch because he loves those first three movies. And at the end of this freaking uh, review he's done, he shows key elements of things that we all remember. But then he shows all these super duper action scenes in these new movies that uh, you couldn't fucking remember if you tried for crying out loud. It just shows that he doesn't he's like he's basically going through the motions of making something that he thinks that may be interesting, but he doesn't have enough heart in it to make it that interesting. And, and it's so true, though, too. Like, even his explanation of the opening sequence of that uh, Revenge of the Sith, where he's saying, you know, you, you have to set a tone for the film. And that is, that scene is chaotic. That first scene where they were... Obi-Wan and Anakin are in a space battle and you really can't tell who's on whose side. They go to rescue, uh, Palpatine and they're fighting this guy and then it turns into this, like there's, you know, wacky slapstick and then someone's getting their head cut off. You know, it's just his explanation of that. You're like, it's, it sets such a weird feeling for the rest of the movie, that opening moment. Well, the weird thing I found too was that, um, I mean, I don't want to be rude or anything, but Buddy has a weird voice, right? Like he sounds like he's suffered from some sort of something or other. Because yeah, I'm gonna guess that's put on a bit. You think so? Yeah. It sounds like oh, it's yeah. like a stroke or something. No, because he talks. You hear other scenes. It sounds like he does a lot of the other voices. I'm I'm assuming, but I think he really because I found that harsh to listen to in the beginning. I had to really force myself to listen to it. And I would think I don't know why anyone would put that on. Oh, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think That's it's why like a, it's essentially it's a character, really. Oh, three. Oh, okay. Because I found that quite annoying in the beginning, I must say. It, I had to force myself to continue to listen to this. Cause, and, and, and again, I, like, it was like, you know what, this guy, like, seriously, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of these movies at all, he's going to tear them apart and you will not be able to 
go back once you've seen what he shows you. You know what I mean? Like it's he. You can't argue with the fact that um, uh, you know in the beginning the Jedi's can really run really fast. When they're going after Darth Maul, Obi Wan can't beat him into the into that fucking power reactor. And he's like, why? Why is there a huge power reactor on Naboo anyways? What are they fucking making? You know what I mean? Like again, some of the shit. And uh, I don't know. I can't remember which one he was on. He's talking about uh, lightsabers. He's like, you know, lightsabers is all lightsabers, lightsabers, lightsabers. He goes in the first movies. You saw the lightsabers for like you know a few moments. And and again to the point, Lucas is just you know d- fucking visual diarrhea of all these battles and crazy shit that yeah. has nothing to do with the real story. Where it well, takes it, away it takes away the coolness of the lightsaber because you're using it so often. But one thing that I I just wanted to, to get in before uh, someone else wanted to is I watched a bit of the the third installment of this with uh, my girlfriend and she's a fan of the movies and she would kind of try to argue like she's like oh but that's the point but that's the and then stop and watch it and then you realize your arguments made a little bit futile like he really backs it up and you know although you can still be a fan of these movies and still disagree with some of the things that he says it's hard to argue the validity in what he's saying a lot of times yeah it's, it's really it's a sad expose on laziness and friggin' storytelling and filmmaking really brought to light Almost too well. Well, and how basically all of us geeks were fucked in the ass and and went out and stayed up personally till 4 a.m. in the middle of the fucking night to go see the opening of what, obviously, these people had no fucking clue what they were doing. Um, no one ever stood up to this fucking guy, George Lucas, and he just, he's a fucking, he had no clue what he was doing, yeah. and they raped us all. Really? Yeah, they show that one scene where he goes, oh, my God, look at all these sets being built. I've got to write something. <laughs> and, you know, hey, the kernel of truth in there somewhere. Yeah, well, you, real fucking funny, asshole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The one thing about the, the prequels is, if nothing else, it reinforces how amazing and magical the, that first trilogy is, four, five, and six, because I believe that I made myself like the the prequels more than I, they they deserve to be simply for my utter love as a kid of those original movies. So in a way, the prequels just made you wake up even more and remind you that it's like those other ones are really good. I mean, I, I, it could coming that coming from Michael D. Giovanni is a pretty bold friggin' uh, confession to say oh, that, yeah. that that the reviews like because you're a freaking ardent defender of the friggin' Star Wars series in general. And uh, to hear you say that is actually pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I think you know. I, I think I totally am on the same page. I wanted to like those movies, and uh, it's you know it's hard to say that when you you know when, when you're thinking about these. Uh, again, I think the buddy thinks about things that you're not necessarily anyone's going to care about. You know what I mean? But it all culminates in these movies that are really difficult to follow and understand and care about these characters. And they really, they don't hold up compared to the original three, to Mike's point. You know, they're not, you don't have the, the, you know, who, who's walking around going, what kids are walking around going, going I'm going to be who? Obi-Wan Kenobi, like they did when Han Solo was around and when, and I'm Luke Skywalker. There ain't nobody doing that. Well, you got maybe some Halloween uh, uh, costumes being sold as, of Clone Wars, Clone costumes, but there's no heroes from these movies. You know what I mean? They're, they're, you don't have that legacy that those first three movies made. They, they sold. They sold a lot of fucking crap. I guess if that's that's the success in George Lucas's mind. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, I guess going around the uh, table, um, starting with you, Christian, are you going to listen to more lead, red letter media reviews? Yeah, I mean, uh, I totally will. I mean, I, I'm actually more interested. In, apparently, he does a review of Baby's Day Out, and I've never seen that movie, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to what he says about that in his review. But yes, I would, I would definitely re- re- watch more of this when I have time. The, the guy is freaking awesome. Andrew Bloom. I don't want to watch the uh, prequels again. Oh, no, uh, the Red Letter Reviews, yeah, I definitely definitely watch more of those. Excellent stuff. Obviously, you would, Mike. You know, as I said, I think I've, I've watched all three of them anyways for the prequels. What I would actually like to see is him review the original trilogy and maybe – not be so harsh, but I, I'd like to, or, 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 you know what I mean? No, or like, but say what's good about it, because I think it's one thing to trash something, but then if you're going to hold something else up as the, as the better solution, then go through that and yeah. say, here's what's so great about it, and here's why, it, you know what I mean? That's a great point. I would like, I would, I would actually, that's actually an interesting way of putting it, because I would like to hear him review it, but, uh, you know, with the, with the quotation marks, you know, air quotes, be nice a little bit, please. <laughs> Well, ideally, though, I mean, a lot of times he was quoting the original and saying that's what was the problem with this one. So then I would expect him to be that, you know, here's a great setup for Han and Leia or whatever. I mean, this is good romantic storytelling or whatever. Because, you know, he definitely compares, you know, a lot of the two, the because because Lucas did a lot of that. He ripped a lot of shit off, you know what I mean? Blightly put it in the first, uh, you know, three movies. So uh, any closing thoughts on that, Mike? Is your pick? Um. No, I mean, I, if you, the, I would say definitely go back and watch the other two films. And he also tears apart some of the lesser fond films of the Star Trek series. So take a look at those as well if you have the time. Okay. Yes, if you have like a fucking boatload of time, because uh, luckily they're broken up into bits, uh, so they're kind of easily digestible. Um, I think that's going to put the cork in episode one hundred and three of the Atomic Geeks podcast. Um, what do we have on slate for next week? Episode 104, Michael DiGiovanni. Next week, it's a redo. We're doing another movie redo. Oh, sounds interesting. Okay, well, let's move on to our Atomic Picks uh, for this episode. Atomic Picks. Um, Andrew Bloom. Uh, this week, I'm going to give an Atomic Pick to a device. Now, this might get some poo-poos from you guys out there because of what you own, but um, I recently picked up a Kobo uh, for my girlfriend, and you know what? There's something to be said about a simple device that does one thing very well. I know the iPad is is better in so many different ways and does so many more, so much more, but Kobo is an e-reader, plain and simple. And it does that very well. The pages are very easy to read and bright light and everything like that. It's not going to let you watch movies. It's not going to let you download music. But it is a straightforward, easy-to-handle thing where you can read books. And that's all it's meant to do. Uh, and, and the price point matches that. I think this is really neat. And it looks and feels a little bit like you're reading a very lightweight book. Um, I think it's good, pretty good for travel, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised how much I do uh, think it's kind of cool, even though I love the technology stuff. That's it. Okay, Michael DiGiovanni. Uh, two atomic picks for me this week. First one, also a device. I actually picked up Apple TV, and the price point's right on this sucker as well, folks. In Canada here, just a little over $100. This is definitely 
Gen 1 of merging our television and computers together, but still pretty fucking cool. I've got access on my uh, huge television to YouTube, Netflix, uh, my iTunes store. I'm, I can watch video casts, podcasts, you name it, on my television. Pretty fun stuff. So I would say if you want an Apple TV, they're pretty inexpensive and really easy to hook up and work with. But re- I would go out and get one for sure. And my other atomic pick is for a comic book. And this is from a little publisher called IDW Publishing. And they've got a new big crossover event. And it's called Infestation. And let me explain what happens in this. In the first issue, basically, an Earth is infested by zombies. Oh, I know, zombies. So hot right now. But these zombies are controlled by a hive mind, a collective mind, if you will, that is But anytime someone turns somebody into a zombie, they take over and learn from them. Well, after uh, being tr- almost being stopped by a group of vampire covert agents, yes, I said that, they get access to a dimensional door where they the event uh, where the zombies go to infest four other Earths. And those Earths just happen to be these, the worlds where the Ghostbusters, Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Star Trek live. That's right. IDW has found a way to do a crossover event with all of their licensed properties. So now the zombies infest all of those worlds. Kind of neat stuff. I'm not a big uh, comic reader who's read a lot of licensed stuff before, but... Kind of cool seeing Kirk and Spock having to fight zombies and the Ghostbusters having to fight zombies. So if if this sounds at all interesting to you, take a look at Infestation, Infestation Issue 1, and then this spills over into Infestation Transformers and uh, Infestation G.I. Joe, etc., etc. So pretty neat stuff. Uh, it should be available on Comixology or at a better comic book stores. All right. Christian Nielsen. Uh, my atomic pan this week is for a comic book that I have purchased uh, through Comixology on my magical iPad. Uh, most recently, I, I uh, talked about my atomic pick for the uh, issue one of the comic book from Boom Studios called Talent. I have since then read the entire four-issue uh, series and have not found it to be all that awesome. Uh, the opening uh, first issue was great because it set up a whole world of possibilities, I thought, in my puny little brain, that seemed to be compressed and not... It, honestly, this should not have been four issues. It should have been more like 12 issues, if not more, an ongoing series of the adventures of the single survivor of a plane crash who somehow inherently Grant is given the abilities of everyone who died on that plane crash. Four issues, way too short. Um, in, a, in a perfect world, this comic book should be a uh, television series, but it won't because apparently it's been optioned by Universal Studios and it'll be a movie, maybe, starring Tom Cruise. Big sigh, talent comic book, should have been a lot more issues than just four, I'm afraid. Okay, and my atomic pick is for a TV show this week. Uh, been around for a while. It's the reality show of all reality shows. I'm talking about Survivor. 
Um, in case you uh, have given up on this show, uh, I've been watching since the beginning and still going strong. This year, um, they've got uh, two people back who I'm big fans of. One is Boston Rob, who is my favorite all-time player, and he is actually pitted against Russell. They've got two teams. They've also got uh, this new thing called Redemption Island. So when you get voted off, you actually don't leave the uh, island now. So you can you actually can come back in. That seems like a natural progression for this show. Um, and first episode, uh, spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it yet, I got to say, um, one of the best um, tribal councils ever. Um, and uh, Rob wraps it up perfectly when he says how these new be, uh, newbies uh, can't keep their secrets. Um, I'm thinking this has potential to be a pretty goddamn good uh, season in what has been a few lackluster ones. So I'm hoping uh, this could be pretty good. Uh, if you haven't watched the most recent Survivor and you're into that shit, check it out. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, episode 103. I don't think we have any shout-outs this week, so... No one's getting their name mentioned because you bitches aren't talking about us. Get on the iTunes. Give us a review. Um, we like the iTunes love. Um, I just said that. I mean, Twitter love. We've got the Facebook. You can fan us. And obviously, I can't get over all the conversation going on at the uh, Atomic Geeks forums these days. I can hardly keep, keep up. I'm working so hard on other stuff. But um, lots of good conversations. Um, I could throw some names out, but I'm not going to about people talking out there. I think that's going to wrap up the Atomic Geeks. Anything else to add, gentlemen? No. All right. Starship engaged. Take us home. You've just listened to another episode of the Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down. Oh, yeah, Smallville sucks. I forgot. I like it. I like it. <laughs>